I think this is something like Super Bowl Sunday or something. Is it? Yeah. Super Bowl Sunday is when people stay home and watch basketball all day. Football. And uh, what? Football. Oh, football. <laughs> is it really? It's not basketball. It's, oh, football. <laughs> That's amazing. You can tell I'm not into it, huh? <laughs> so, uh, how y'all doing? Good. Uh, well, thank you guys for coming out instead of watching Super Bowl Sunday. My seat is not too low and stuff, right? On camera, look fine. No, you look good. Oh, okay. Um, so, what I want to first tell you is that, and then I'll get to whatever's on your mind, is that uh, to this month, February 2018, is the 28th year, 28th year of Bond anniversary. And Bond is the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny. And this month, I don't know where time went and why it went so fast, we have been around 28 years. And that is mind-blowing to me. And we have done what we've been able to do with the help of God and you. Nothing from the government or anything. And it's just been amazing the things that has happened in the last 28 years. It's been mind-blowing. Much more than what I could ever, ever imagine. And so I want to just quickly tell some of you who might not know how uh, Bond got started. And you can get a copy of my book, From Rage to Responsibility. I write about it in the book, my first book, From Rage to Responsibility. Um, So we got started is, the way we got started is that I was going to another church here in Los Angeles, and I really wanted, I had a lot of conflict, you know, very emotional, I had doubt, fear, and worry. I didn't know what I wanted to do in life, even though I was working, but it still wasn't what I wanted to do. And at the time, I had my own uh, janitorial service. I had started my own business, but still, I didn't have the peace, the peace that I thought that you should have as a child of God. And so, um, so like, I'm kind of just praying and trying to find my way. And then one morning I was on my way to work. I heard a preacher say, um, if you want to know God, you need to forgive. You know, you need to forgive and be still and know God. And so I went home that night and I did that. Uh, you know, just got quiet, not knowing what to expect or anything. Because at this point, I'm desperate. I was fed up with my life, meaning that I was tired of trying to do anything. And so when I heard that, I went home and I just sat still. I had, and I asked God to let me see myself because I couldn't really see myself, what was really going on. And so he allowed me to see, and not that particular day, but he allowed me to see that I had this dark spirit inside of me. And does my voice sound weak? Yeah, it feels like I'm straining. <clears throat> yeah. He missed some water or something. And uh, so he allowed me to see it. I, I had not seen that kind of darkness before. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I didn't know that was in me. And so, um, and so when I sat down to just be still, because normally, because normally when I would pray, I would be asking God, you know, for something. Bless my mama, bless my daddy, uh, give me a wife or something. But this time I was asking nothing. I just wanted to know what was wrong. And he allowed me to see that I had this anger against my mother first who tried to turn me away from my father. And the worst thing that can happen to children is to be turned away from their fathers. And when I realized that, I also realized in that same moment that the anger that I had for her was wrong. It was wrong what she did, but it was wrong for me that I was angry at her because it was the thing that was keeping me away from God. I was judging her. And as I was judging her, I was being judged. And so I went to forgive her because the Bible says, forgive and you shall be forgiven, right? 
And so I went. She came to L.A. to visit her sister. And I'm driving over there at the time. I'm about 38 years old. So I'm driving over. And the closer I got, fear would just overtake me. And I'm like, wow, I'm 38 years old. I'm afraid to tell my mother the truth. And I realized that because I resented her, I was afraid of her. And so I get there and walking up the steps. And I mean, this fear just overtook me. I get in the house and say, oh, this is a bad time. Don't talk to her now. You're going to spoil her vacation. But I knew I had to do it. And so I called into the room and I said to her all my life, I resented you because you were impatient. You tried to turn me away from my father and uh, it was wrong. Thank you, Mary. For some reason, I feel like I'm straining my throat. And I said, but I'm wrong for being angry at you. I realized you couldn't help yourself. And before I got there, I was realized the anger thing anyway. But when I forgave her, God forgave me. And he opened my eyes in a way I'd never known that you could see. He set me free. He allowed me to see not with the physical, but with the spiritual eyes that all of us have. But due to the anger, most people are not operating from that. And so I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. She told me about her life and so for the first time. And then from that, long story short, I realized that black Americans were suffering, not because of racism, but due to the destruction of the family and the anger that they have is holding them back. And so from that, I started an organization called Bond, the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny and the purpose is to rebuild the family by rebuilding a man. And I had no plans of doing that. It wasn't a part of my dreams. I had no idea that I, nothing like that at all. Not one iota. And so I started Bond. And then I get this call from, uh, oh, I, I started a radio show on KTYM in Inglewood, California, right in the heart of the black community. Because I wanted to tell black people what the real problem was. That is not about the physical. It's not about racism. And at the time, I didn't understand that there was no such thing as racism. Not yet. I had to grow into that. <clears throat> so I go on the radio thinking that um, the black people are going to be happy to hear this. Because I went into the urban area, South Central L.A., on a Christian radio station, it's a Christian message. So I laid out what I just told you, and then I opened up the phone, like, yeah, let's get to the phones. And right away, the line just lit up. And this is the first time I ever done radio at that time. And so instead of people calling in and saying, wow, that's a powerful message, they were calling me Uncle Tom, sellout, nigger, you hate your mama, you hate your daddy, and it went crazy. And I'm like, wow, I was stunned. I had never had that kind of attack before at the time. And then they would call the office line at the radio station and threaten the manager. And they would tell him, we're going to blow up your, your building. <laughs> we're going to blow up the towels. We're going to get you. you got to let him go. <laughs> and then some of the black preachers started contacting the manager because they had shows on their network. <clears throat> and they were saying, if you don't let him go, we're going to stop. And it just, and the manager, because he liked the message, he tried to keep me on. But after a while, he like, Jesse, I can't handle this anymore. I'm sorry to let you go, but I have to let you go. But then after that happened, I got a call from uh, the Los Angeles Times because they heard about me being, the fact that I was banned from the station. And so they came out and did a full story on me. They followed me around to different schools and locations and did a full story. That made the times. And then that led to Gerardo and Phil Donahue. And it's just been one thing after another one, after another one, after another one over the last 28 years. And what I learned from all that is that we really are not in control of our lives. We think that we are. We think that we know what we want. We think that we know what we should be doing. And we really don't. We have no idea about anything. The intellect is as dumb as a doorknob. 
the, uh, the knowledge of, but the intellect of God inside of us, that's what we need to do. Because my life unfolded in ways that I never could have imagined. There's literally nothing that I've done in the last 28 years uh, that I would have known to do on myself. And the impact is now happening around the world. I literally counsel with men and women from Africa, Europe, um, Russia, Canada, and some other place. Because the message of forgiveness is what it's all about. Uh, so it's just been an amazing 28 years. And it's not just me. It's my staff, the volunteers, the donors, people who donate to us, who pray for us, who just whatever. I want to thank everybody and their mama for what you've done to help us make it over the last 28 years. It's just absolutely been amazing. And I honestly, honestly want to tell you, I could not have done this on my own. I'm not smart enough. I'm uneducated. I have no clue. And so that's why I don't even think about what I'm going to do tomorrow, because I've discovered that if you just live day to day and stay in the presence of God, the next moment would take care of itself. But you all have something inside of you that he gave to you before you popped out of your mama's womb. We went after your father and mother had sex and then that whatever connected in that everything was put in there. Your purpose. And I hate using the word your purpose because the liberals have taken it and made it a fancy word. But whatever he has for you, your whole life is in there. Everything you need to know and need to be doing is there. You don't really you don't have to figure out anything. You just have to forgive so that you can enter back into your original state and life will begin. It's not a struggle at all. So 28 years, and it's, it's been mind-blowing. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but these past 28 years, I made some mistakes along the way, but I've learned from them. And uh, it's just amazing. And I've seen this happen through other people as well. All those who forgive and return to your original state your life is going to take off. You can't help it. Really, it's all laid out for you. So 28 years have gone by, and I am as happy as I can be. So I want to just take a little time to thank all of you, especially the folks who support us, my staff and everybody, for what you've done to make 28 years amazing. Uh, it's just been amazing. It really has been amazing. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> I don't know another word. And that, But what I really want, you know, someone... My biblical question was for this past week is the written word is the, how was my biblical question? Is the Bible the inspired word of God or were the men who wrote it inspired? Repeat it. Is the Bible the inspired word of God or were the men who wrote it inspired? Oh yeah, is the Bible the inspired word of God or, or were the men who wrote the Bible inspired? And I thought, that's such a good question and really very interesting uh, answer to that. Did you, resp- did you respond to that question? I did not. You, you did not? And what do you, what do you say? You, you, you know the Bible inside out, well, up and sounds, down, around and about. Yeah, it sounds like you're not asking a question. It sounds like the same thing. <laughs> you know, was it inspired or was it inspired? No, was it inspired or was it inspired? the Bible the inspired word of God or was it or were the men inspired to write the Bible? Again, that's, to me, that's saying the same thing. It is? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, and so I don't, what do you I don't, say? You, I don't understand the question is, then. Oh, okay. The way, the way you're putting it. So I hear a lot of people say, the Bible is the inspired word of God. Meaning they think that God gave them the exact words to say. And did he? Um, I don't know. I wasn't there when they, when they were with. What do you, you know, believe? When they were with. Um, I believe that some of the words are the exact words. Like God gave visions to some of the prophets and, and he had them repeat exactly what he said 
and and um, so you so believe that the some Bible? of those words, yes, but some of the other words, of course, they're just you know the words used to tell a story. They're not exactly the word of God. So you believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God? No, I I believe the men who wrote it were inspired, but that makes the Bible the inspired word. Okay. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Um, this is not necessarily my subject, but I have a point to make with this. Uh, uh, let's go to Elvis. <laughs> uh, I believe uh, the distinction is, is the Bible the word of God? He's holding in, his head down like he's blind. <coughs> as in, uh, the Bible is literally the word of God and, and it should be followed. You say you believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God? No, I'm saying I believe the men who wrote it were inspired. Oh. And um, there's obvious mistakes in the Bible. Don't practice sin. Uh, the Old Testament is uh, pretty ugly in certain verses. You know, Christians don't follow that at all. And um, the whole purpose of believing in God is that he is with you here and now. It's not take this book with you wherever you go, and it's like a sword, you know, to chop down whatever gets in your way. Have you ever thought that the Bible was the inspired word of God? No. Oh, you never thought that? I was never a huge fan of the Bible. You weren't? I was not. Oh, you were an atheist before, huh? I was a Catholic and then an atheist and now Christian. Oh, man, what a life. all over the place. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Esteban, what do you say? Um, I think the people and, wrote and again, it. again, this is not, you don't fail. This is a fellowship only. No task is a pure, we all are here to edify one another, to correct, to, so it's not personal. Just, I want to know, that's all. I guess kind of like what Mark was saying, that God would be with you like right in the moment, you know, in the present. And I think the people who wrote it, God was with them, you know, while they wrote it. So um, he told them, like, what to write, and, and it was inspired, I guess you can say. So do you believe the Bible is inspired, Word of God, or the men who wrote the Bible were inspired, and or are they both the same as he said? Yeah, it sounds to me like he's the same. Have you ever thought about this? A little bit. Oh, okay. But it sounds the same. The question sounds the same to me. Okay. And what do you say? That um, it was inspired by God. Or the men that wrote it were inspired by God. And so were the men inspired? So does that make the Bible inspired? Hmm. I guess not because there could be like... And the reason for this is because our theme this year is to know thyself. I'm telling you, once you really get to know yourself, it's the beginning of everything. It's mind-blowing. No, I don't think so, because uh, there's like, uh, I, I wouldn't say mistakes, but there's stuff that's not like 100% correct. And so since it was written by man, the Bible, right? It has like a few things that are not 100% right. Mm-hmm. So the man wrote it. So like if it was inspired by God, everything would be perfect. But since it's written by men, it's not perfect. So you don't believe that the Bible itself is inspired by God? I mean, it's inspired word of God? No, I don't. Uh, and did you believe that beforehand? I didn't think about it that much. You never thought about that? No. Oh, okay. Not that much. Though. Are you a Christian? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what, do you, what do you say? Have you thought about, first of all, have you thought about this before? Yes, I heard you. I heard oh, you heard the show? Yeah, but uh, I believe that uh, you're inspired, uh, the men were inspired by God that wrote it, uh-huh. but then later on, a lot of them have changed a lot of that and didn't, and didn't put some of it, all of the Bible in there. And so, like when they say the Our Father... Uh, I don't think God would would uh, lead us into temptation. 
Right. So do you believe the Bible itself is the inspired word of God? No. And why not? Because a lot of men put a different interpretation in there. Have you ever believed that? I never, I was like Mark, I, I never used to get in the Bible. Oh, okay. So you were an atheist? No, I was a Catholic. I was but he was an atheist too. Yeah, but I never <laughs> went in the Bible. My sisters really? were always in the Bible. and I. Why didn't you read the Bible growing up? Why didn't I? Yes. It just didn't call me. You know? Oh, okay. And my sisters were the fanatics, you know, in, in the Bible. And I guess that's why I didn't get into the Bible. Oh, okay. Either. All right. I appreciate the feedback. Yes, Mark. I went to private school uh, until I was 18. I had to read the Bible back and forth a few times. I had religion class. I had mass. Um, what, what I meant was I was never really into the Bible as far as it never really revealed things to me. I was forced to read it. I was forced to learn these stories. I was uh. forced to learn these things. And um, I read the Bible now, and it does reveal things to me, and it's great. But the fact is, it was written by man. That's a fact. So okay. if I write down a book... But the men were inspired. That's fine. I'm inspired by God as well. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> But um, a, a great way to just think about it is look at the people that constantly quote scripture. They have no peace. The people that are constantly throwing scripture at you are trying to use it, like I said, like a sword. They're trying to use it as an argument of an authority. Excuse me, an argument from an authority. They're saying, I'm right because it's in the Bible. And, I mean, the Bible has a lot of books written by a lot of people over decades. And it was put together by committee. It was altered, oh, translated. Okay. All right. What do you say? That's your daughter? Yeah. Hey, daughter. Give your daughter the mic. Welcome home. Welcome home. You look just like your mother. Um, how old are you now? I just turned 21 today. 21 today? Wow. Happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> That's amazing. So now you think you've grown? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do, does it seem old to be 21? No, it feels the same. It feels the same? Yeah. Wow, 21. You, you just graduated from college too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, this year, I mean uh, last year? Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. What was your major? Uh, pharmacy. Really? Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. You're on your way to living now. <laughs> now all hell is going to start. <laughs> You're going to see what adults go through. You got to pay bills. You got to be on time. You got to wake up early when you really don't want to. You got to get a car, pay for gas. People are going to want to ride with you. You're not going to want them to. And it's going to be hard to say no. Uh, and then you're going to meet a guy. And then you got to learn how to date. You got to learn all that. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. <laughs> are you looking forward to all that? Um, I'm already doing all of that. Oh, <laughs> Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. You should be doing that by 21. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad to see you. A happy birthday. We're going to sing you a happy birthday song, so don't run out. Okay. All right. 21 years old. Isn't that amazing, Meryl? Yeah. She grew up fast, huh? Yeah, too fast. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. Wow. Do you want to comment on the Bible thing? Question? Mm. Marilyn. Me or her? You. you. Oh. Uh, I guess because I read the Bible so much and I'm always like reading the Bible and it wasn't forced onto me like I wanted to read the Bible. Yes. And I think um, it is, uh, what is it? it? It is inspired. For me, I think it's inspired by God. So you believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God? Yes. Okay. And why do you believe that? Because it always seems to help me, like, with different things that I go through. And it, right. since I read the Bible, it reminds me of, you know, how I'm supposed to act certain ways. And, you know, when you go through certain things, like, you know, it just, it's, it just helps you. Just reading it and not just reading it, but applying it to your life. Right. It really helps. Have you been able to do that? Yes. To read it and apply a little bit? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Do you believe that the men who wrote the Bible were inspired? Some of them were but I don't believe all of them was. Yeah. Interesting. 
Yeah. Well, we got to sing happy birthday to your daughter before she leaves. Okay. Do not leave here today yeah. till we sing happy birthday. Yeah. It's amazing. What do you think about this question? Do you read the Bible? Sometimes. Sometimes. And do you believe that it's the inspired word of God, the Bible itself, or was it inspired by men inspired to write it? Mm, more, a little bit of both, but more uh, God inspired men to write it. Because oh. sometimes they had visions that they wrote down right. that came from God. So that had to come from God. So right. it was inspired by God. But I was kind of thinking about the question, and I think... What it is is um, a couple of things brought up, like it was interpreted by men. So we don't, you know, like like she said, like God wouldn't lead you into temptation. So it was kind of interpreted by men. And I also think there's missing parts of it because it's like you read it and you read something else. So there has to be like kind of missing parts. But right. that may be where our faith comes in or whatever. So yeah. I don't think you have the complete Bible. And no, I don't know if we'll ever know until... It's all over, like the whole thing. And does the Bible say the Bible is the inspired word of God? Is that written in the Bible anywhere? And that, that's an honest question for no, me. No, I, I you know, don't know. You know what? If you look on the title pages and stuff, it may say something like that. that I, I think I kind of remember. Is the inspired word. It says something like this word. I, I, I don't remember, but I just kind of remember that something was written at the beginning, like in the. Um, can, Does anyone think. know yeah. in this room or he online? Is there anywhere in the Bible where it says the Bible is the inspired word of God? Anybody know? Do you know? The Bible is a collection of books, so it would never say of itself that the Bible is the inspired word. So it doesn't say that? No, it doesn't. And so why did people start saying that? Individual books and scriptures will say that this is the word of God. It was the Bible. It's you know just to clear it up. The Bible itself was a collection of books put together in right. one volume, and so it's not going it to say like it itself. If you, Marilyn, Mary, James, and I wrote some books, and then we gave them all to Mark, and he go down to the book factory and put them all together, and title it Bible. Right. He, what Mark would do with throw some of the books away and keep, and, and, and well, this is what happened. They, they didn't put every book they had available in it. They put a It'd just be light. too big and thick. So oh. they just, they narrowed it down to make it a smaller book or a more concise so, message. The Bible that we have on hand, is there anywhere in there where it says, the Bible is the inspired word of God? No, unless the, unless the people who edit it, they'll put that in there. Have you ever seen that in there? I've seen it, yeah. You've seen in the Bible where it says the Bible is the inspired word of God. Yes, but that's the editors of today saying where that. Where can we find that? Uh, well, you'll find that in the more fundamental Bibles. Fundamentalist Bible Bibles. What about the Bible we use now? I don't know. Is it in your Bible? I'll look for it. Yeah, see if it's in there. I just really want to know if it's in there because I've been hearing this for a long time. But it won't be. If and it's, it sounds so nice when I hear it. My point and is, I used to think the same thing. The Bible, the inspired word of God. But when I ask someone, where, where is it? They can never show me. There, there is a scripture to say all scriptures God breathed, right? So right. that's kind of covering it. That's kind of saying it. doesn't say the Bible to inspire Well, no, word. because like I said, the Bible was a, 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 a collection of books put together into one volume. I know, but you said in the Bible we have today, we can find that written. Yeah, I've, I've seen it written Anybody before, like in the that? King James Version. It'll say that this, seen that, this Bible's inspired word of God. You know, that'll be the authors who, uh, the editors who put it together right. in English or whatever. Okay. Yes, Mark. Interesting. And then the, I got to move on. The verse that comes to mind is the one that people always use on your radio show when you say, tell me where that is. I, believe, I don't know if it's in John or Matthew, but it's in the New Testament. It says, God is the word. So they kind of invert well, that's that too. Not talking about the Bible. I agree with you. I'm just saying that that's that's as close as you're going to get. God is the Word, and then they oh, invert that to saying. the Word is God. In the beginning, there was the Word. The there word it was is. God. God yeah. was the Word. The Word was with God. The blood. In the beginning, that okay. Yes, James. He's waiting for the mic. 
<laughs> yeah, a lot of people are, are referencing Second Timothy three sixteen. What is that? Which is what he uh, Bible go to got. Uh, oops, <laughs> quote it. Where he said, well, "All scripture, anyway. all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, blah blah blah." But that still doesn't say the Bible to inspire word. Correct. Because it, God breathed it through human beings. Yeah, and I think he in doesn't pe- breathe it on paper. I think in one of the he Peter- didn't do it like this. Right? Correct. Yeah. Oh, good. That was on the ground. In the, in the oh, stones. The stone, yeah. He did it with the Ten Commandments, right. is what Bible You just saw that in the movie. And then in Peter, it says. Is that real or not? Right? I saw the same movie. <laughs> they believe the movie, Marilyn. They're like, God blew it on a stone. Um, in Peter, it says. Uh, that the men who wrote it were inspired of God. Right. Yeah. So anybody asking me any questions online about it or anything? But they're all just saying that? Largely they're saying that. Uh, okay. So here's what I want to share with you. Then we get to something else here. Um, what I know for sure and without a doubt, everything that's, uh, that you need to know, uh, the Holy Spirit, the word of God, because God, the Bible is the word from God, which is very limited, by the way. And that's why God said, go within. And we need it, the truth is written in us. The kingdom of heaven is inside of us. And so the truth, the word is written on our hearts. And what happens is when you are born again, you enter into that kingdom of God. And then you are connected back with the source that teaches you all things, which is the Holy Spirit. And he starts to reveal all things to you from within by the light of God. And so the Bible is not itself is not the word, the uh, inspired word. The men who wrote the Bible were inspired. And so just like you, once you wake up, once you enter into the kingdom of heaven, then you're going to be inspired. And you could write the truth down too and put it in a book. Others would, re- would read it and some would be edified by it. And so even when you're reading the Bible, the Bible is not, is not revealing anything to you. It's the Holy Spirit that's inside of you that, that tells you and gives you the understanding of what you're reading. It's not the Bible itself. The Bible is just words on a page, important words. But the Bible does not interpret anything for you. It's just letters on a page. And even Satan be trying to fool you with what you're reading. He's trying to interpret the Bible for you too. But the Holy Spirit reveals the truth to you. So that's why when you read the Bible, you're not supposed to listen to what Satan is telling you about it or what any human being says about it. Put it away and it will be revealed to you. And once it revealed, once it is revealed, it's crystal clear, it's light unto your feet, you live by it. And so everything is inspired from within, just as those guys were being inspired. It's in us too. But if you put your faith on the outside in anything or anybody, you're not going to get it. You literally cannot believe in anybody but God in order for all these things to just start happening for you. Someone told me that, uh, well, you can't really believe in the Bible until you're born again. And then the way you're born again, you have to confess with your mouth that Jesus, Lord, believe in your heart, right? And I'm thinking, wow, I used to think that too. That does not work. That's, not, that's another physical aspect that human beings carry out because somebody said to do it. And they're like, so the preacher says, come on down. And he read First John. Jesus said, if you confess with your heart, your mouth, believe in your heart, you shall be born again. And so you're down there and you think, yeah, I believe that. And that made sense to me. And so you confess it, but nothing changes. As Mark pointed out, you're still mean. You're still angry. You're still jealous. You're still envious. You're still bite-biting. You're still trying to hurt other people. You don't pray for your enemies. You're still insecure. And, 
And, and, and even in that state of mind, you don't tell yourself, well, if I, I just went down there and confessed Jesus. How come nothing changed? And I used to say that to God all the time. You know what? I confess you. I did what, you know, they say do and what the Bible looks like it says to do. <laughs> but nothing changed. I remember when I would uh, go to church and the preacher would preach about not having sex or don't, you know, well, don't smoke pot. Anybody smoke pot? You know what I tell You smoke pot? Wow. Right on, girl. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, and so they would say, oh, that's a sin. You're breaking the commandments. So I'm like, oh, I'm never going to smoke pot again, right? And so I'm feeling good. Had a good time at church. Before I could get in my car and make it home, I'm lighting up a joint. And I'm like, wow. I, was just, I thought I was saying, like, Lord, what's wrong with me? You know, I'm trying not to do this. I can't help it, right? And, and a lot of people are getting guilt, uh, feeling guilt from that. Because you want to be a Christian. You want to do the right thing. You confess Jesus. You said you believed and he died, but nothing changed. That's because salvation did not take place. Salvation takes place when you can see that you're wrong. For having this anger, anger is judgment, judgment is pride. When you can see that you're wrong, then God and only God causes salvation to happen in your life. He draws you into the kingdom. You cannot go into the kingdom by going down to the front of the church with all that hell in you and walking away with the same hell. And so I used to say, well, nothing changed. Why am I still the same? And because I never stopped questioning things, I knew I wasn't right. That's why he allowed, one of the reasons he allowed me to see, he had mercy on me and allowed me to forgive so that I can enter into the kingdom of heaven and wake up. He's not going to let you in with the anger because the anger is the nature of Satan. And rather than admitting that, people go, they make up excuses about it. Well, Jesus was angry, all that. You cannot accept God just simply going down to the front of the church. And if you doubt me, Look at yourself and look at everybody around you. Look at the anger in families. Look at the hatred and the jealousy and the envy and the strife all in the name of Jesus. And the fear and the doubt. You, you can't have that if you've been born again. That's all taken away. That's not peace. Christ came, sacrificed his life so that we may have peace. And when you truly find it, even when your enemy bitterly hates you, when they lie about you, when you can't prove that they're lying about you, you're still going to pray for them. Because it's not going to affect you. You have compassion for them. That's what salvation is about. That's what love is. God protects us from the world. He causes us to overcome the world. And he needs that so he can work through us. He doesn't want us to be the sinner that was saved. And that we say we're still the same old sinner. That's not an example. And then you see that people literally can't help themselves. So I say all that to say you got to know yourself. You got to go within so you can see. And it's God who allows you to see what's going on. And he will call. It's a spiritual thing. And he will call you to be born again. Only God can decide who's going to enter into the kingdom. You can't decide that on your own. We are so wicked at heart. He's not going if you get to know yourself, you're going to see how evil you are. They're going to be like, wow, it's my blood. All in your name. Yes, sir. While we're on the subject of what works and what doesn't, you know, and it's physical kind of thing, I have a bone to pick with John the Baptist. He's not here today. I know, but. He's watching the football game. Why did. <laughs> What does, what does dunking yourself in water have to do with anything? You know, like when the people would come to John the Baptist, they just didn't get dunked in the water and left and no, no words were exchanged. They had to confess their sins to him and then get dunked in the water. But I don't understand what the water has to do with anything. If anything, if you're going to get cleansed, you get cleansed on the inside. And, and so why they, wouldn't you drink the water instead of getting bathed with it? I'm glad John is not here. It's, yeah. He I, I don't understand. You know, part. I've never understood baptism it's is just what a, I'm saying. It's just a, a symbolic 
uh, cleansing on the outside because you truly are being cleansed once you're born again. Because in our fallen state, in our anger, we pick up a lot of bad habits. We, we can't keep the commandments. We do some weird stuff. And so we pick that up because we can't help it. We're in the fallen state because all people who has anger are separated from God. Anyone who has any iota of anger is not a child of God. You're not a child of God. And so as a result, you're picking up all these bad behaviors because you're reaching out to something to make you feel better on the inside. Whether it's pot or candy or ice cream or peanuts or money or automobiles, whatever it might be, lying or gossiping or whatever, right? Trying to hurt your fellow man. You're only doing that because you're in a fallen state. Children of God would never do that. God doesn't punish us like that. And likewise, he's, his children would never do that to his fellow man. And so, so baptism is just an outward expression of what has truly taken place on the inside. You're washing off everything, and all things are new. You're starting a brand new. You're starting to live. So okay, been, so it's more of an outward witness to others. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's what it is. It's not like all that. It's good to do it, though. But that's what it symbolizes. Yes, sir. Even John the Baptist claimed that his powers were limited. He only he claims, he says he only baptized us with water. But our, fa- uh, our Father will baptize, but our Redeemer will baptize us with the Holy Spirit. Yes. And that goes in on uh, all the re- inside and out as well as out. That's right. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. But I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't give you what I'm talking about. Only God could give it to you. He sent his son so that through him, all these things are possible. And it's possible for anyone who truly wants it and seek the kingdom of God first. You got to be still. You got to pull away from the crowd. You got to not be caught up in all the mess that's going on around you and families and friendships and all that mess. It's just a distraction from you. It not, it's not worth a dime. It's really not. It is a waste of time. But you got to get still, go within yourself, and just start watching and living and watching and living, and it's going to be amazing. It's just, it's a real way of living. And it's real, real simple, but we've been so brainwashed and dumbed down by outer knowledge of things. This is the way to do it, and that is the way to do it. And Raymond is right. Of ourselves, we can do nothing. And it's amazing to know that all things that happens is because he allows it to happen. That we're really not in control of it. And once you truly see that, it just causes you to stop trying to do it yourself. Why hate your fellow man back when they hate you? Your fellow man cannot help himself. Just like you couldn't help yourself. Why try to escape the conflict by reaching out on the outside for something? Whatever it might be. It's only a temporary feeling. It's not a true salvation. People even use the Bible as a means of salvation. The Bible is never going to save you. It always points back to the kingdom of heaven within. And it's real simple. It's not what you've been taught. You should never, ever, ever look on the outside for the answers of the things that are within. Always look within. If you want to learn how to build a truck, yes, go read somebody else's book, How to Build a Truck. But drop that knowledge when you're done with it. Go build a truck and then move on. Come back within. And we can all have peace. It's real simple. Any questions about that? Any disagreement? No? I don't mind a disagreement. In disagreement, Robert? I can't hear you. Nope. And you agree with what I've said? Well, basically what uh, you what we basically described is quite, uh, is quite agreeable. Okay. Yeah. If you can empty your head, meaning doubt every thought, this stuff, will, then what I'm telling you will become alive to you. The only, well, not the only, one of the reasons it's so difficult 
because you still believe the intellectual knowledge is a deception. It is a deceiver. It's not going to ever let you in as long as you believe it. Mary, read. Uh, any, any questions or comments for me? Anything, James? Okay. Read uh, Luke 12, 47 to 48 for me. And while Mary is finding that, yes, yeah, yeah. And men, I have to tell you, when you wake up as a real man and it's truly time to wake up, you don't want to slap your face knowing what you have caused to happen in your families, with the women and children, with the world around you. Because really, if men were men, I mean, like, really men, sons of God, we wouldn't have all this mess going on. It's really the men who are allowing this to happen. Now, whether they allowed it to happen in an unconscious way or not, some is true, but when you really get down to it, it's the men's fault. Because women will follow good men. And when I, and I mean a righteous man, not some, you know, man that think he's good and all that crap. But women are subject to good men in the same manner that men are subject to Christ. And Christ subject to God. We're literally, when you wake up, you're no longer subject to the world. You're no longer, men are no longer subject to women. Men are subject to Christ. Really, it is a joy. And then women, when they see a good man, she is subject to him and she doesn't mind. Because it's her life source. Just as Christ is our life source. There's a simple order to life that's been broken and we need to come back to it. When men get right, women will get right. Yes. Nikon is asking, should you read the Bible if you're starting to do the silent prayer daily as well? Yes. We read the Bible. I read the Bible. If I didn't read the, the the Bible, is a good book to read, but don't let Satan interpret it for you. When he starts to tell you what it means, when you hear that voice, omit his voice. And revelation will come. And even if revelation doesn't come right away, just relax. It'll come. But you got to avoid the voice that's talking to you while you're reading the Bible. That makes sense? So that you can hear the voiceless voice. God's voice, his revelation, his Holy Spirit is a voiceless voice. It reveals things. It doesn't talk to you here. Yes, Mary. So, yeah, pray. I highly recommend prayer and reading the scriptures, quietness through life, and it's going to be amazing. He said, <clears throat> excuse me, Luke 12, 48. Yeah, Luke 12, 47 through 48. Oh, Everybody have that? I got it. Okay. Go ahead, Mary. And that servant who knew his Lord's will and made not ready nor did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not and did things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. And to whomever much is given of him shall much be required. And to whom they commit much of him, they will ask the more. You've read that before, heard that before? I've heard it before. And what does it mean to you when you heard, what did it mean and what does it mean now? Well, it, it just, well, before it meant that, um, you know, if you, you didn't know, then you were, if you didn't know, you weren't held that accountable. But once you did know, you were totally accountable and you hadn't, and you were going to get the full measure of the punishment. It is best not to know the truth. If you're not ready to live it, you better shut down. Go to the club. (laughs) Because once you know the truth, you're held accountable. You really are. And if you don't do what you know is right, damnation and destruction is yours. You're going to have some problems. I always tell people before you start the silent prayer, make sure you're ready for this. 
because once you start sincerely doing it, things, great things will start to happen. If you turn away from that, it's like you're going to have problems. So if you're not ready for the truth, and then, uh, you know, like he said, uh, let's see here. The servant who knows what his master wants, but has gotten, gotten nothing ready and done nothing in accord with those wishes will be given great, will be given a great many strokes of lash. And you will. You're going to have some problems. So if you're not ready for the truth, don't pretend. Just say, hey, I'm not ready. I'm just listening, but I don't want it. Because much is required of you. It's not a thing to be tripping out about, but we are, once we become sons and daughters of God, we are representing him. It's like having a good father and mother, and then they really have lived up to it. You see what they're like, and then you go out in the streets and, and just act like a pig. My grandmother and grandfather said, boy, if you go out there, you can go on to the party. But if I hear anything you did, I'm going to kill you. You know, like act up and embarrass the family. It wasn't allowed. You cannot, in those days, you could not embarrass the family. But now you can. They don't care. But much is required. And I used to, I remember when I was the other kind of Christian, I used to thought that was so unfair. How come I got to be the much, you know, required, got to be the example? How come they can't be the example for their own lives? You know, this is their life, ain't I? I used to just not like that at all, but now I'm okay with it. I understand it. I, I don't mind that now. I understand it now. So if you're not ready for it, go sit down. Right here. Thank you, Mary. Speaking of you're not ready for it, um, when you're taught as a kid this, these principles and everything, and um, you grow up with it, you really don't have a choice as to, you know, well, I think I'll just, I mean, it seems like I, I did not have a choice in the matter. Like, I didn't seek out it. It's, it I came across it. And I didn't know one way or another whether I was ready for it. I, of course, I thought I was, you know, I'm. I'm a holy person. I, I've well, known the scripture kids, all my we life. Are, we're automatically introduced to it anyway, most fam. Yeah. That's what was, the moment you pop out of mama's womb. And see, the earlier you're introduced to it, the more you think you're, right. you're um, into it. Yeah. And that, yeah, I can, I can handle the truth. They really stuff. introduce it to you at too early of an age. Because kids already have that connection with the father. And so when they bring in this other stuff, They'll like interfere with what you already know and turning you away from the father to the outer source rather than being an example so you can stay with the inner source as much as possible. But the moment you pop out, they start teaching you outwardly and then eventually you become so angry and frustrated about that, you forget what you knew at one time. And now you're trying to make the outer stuff work. But what I recommend is that you know, we read about spiritual knowledge and stuff, so we got to start putting it into practice. For example, when you pray, he said, be still and know. I mean, don't get caught up in your head. Know that your thoughts are not your own. So during the day, practice being aware of that so that you're not easily seduced by the devil. He doesn't tell you, oh, you're not saved or whatever crap he tell you, right? Practice that. And when someone is mean to you, be still and practice being kind to them. You can be honest, but be kind. You don't have to go off on them. Because reading spiritual knowledge and not practicing spiritual knowledge would never bring you to humility. And the ego needs to be humble. It needs to be brought down. And when you allow yourself to go through things, the ego is crying, oh, no, this is not right. You are not going off on me. Uh-uh. But if you be still and take it, it's not you that's taking it. It's killing the ego and it's humbling you. You got to put it in practice and not just read it and talk about it. And believe me, we all get all kinds of opportunities to put it in practice all the time. And, and so when you have that pain of wanting to go off or wanting to whatever, just take the pain. 
And the person may think that they are getting over on you. They may think that blah, blah, blah. Let them say what they want to think. They got their own issues. You allow that situation to humble you. The real you. That makes sense? No? Yeah. That makes sense, Jeremiah? <laughs> that makes sense, Robert? Makes sense, yeah. Give me an example of it making sense real fast. Basically what uh, you described about uh, the Bible. I can't hear you, Robert. Basically what you described about. I still can't hear you. Basically, what you read about the Bible here, about uh, uh, if it's inspired by God and everything here, yeah. but this is actually men inspired by God. That's what the example is. Oh, okay. Does this make sense to you, Miss 20 years old? 21? 21 year old. Any questions about any of this? Uh, no. It makes sense? Yeah. Do you have anger? No. Good. How did you <laughs> overcome your anger? Um, I just sit down and think about stuff before acting out. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, don't let anything be that important to you that it brings you to anger. Yeah. If it's not happening naturally, let it go. Don't don't get into it. I agree. <laughs> That's good. If you hang on to that, you're going to have an amazing life. And speak up, but don't be angry. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. So, um... What I suggest, folks, that you start practicing this. You want to be aware. You want to endure. You've got to start enduring things. Christ endured for us. we got to endure, too. And so we can die from the old habits and wake up to a brand new. And the more you suffer through it, no matter how great the pain is, the headache. Oh, real quick, I was talking to a woman who called me up and said, you know, Jesse, I've been hearing you saying, saying for a while now, take the pain, take the pain, relax in the pain. And she said that I, I had never heard that before. And I didn't know how to do it, but I, I kept trying. And so I've learned to just relax when that trouble comes and my head is hurting. Thoughts are talking to me and I'm having pain in the stomach from fear and doubt and all that. I, I'm learning to take it. And she said, it's amazing the process that she's going through, the things that take place while she's taking it, things that she didn't even know existed inside of her. And, and so when she said that, I'm like, well, she went on and on, but because of time, I can't get into it. It was amazing. So if you practice taking the pain, don't lash out, have compassion for your fellow man, it's going to bless you. You got to die from this old ego. All right. And those opportunities are coming so that you can die. It's not a negative. It want to kill that thing that's made a home inside of you. So take the pain. When it, it was, this lady, when she told me this, I went into my office and, and drew it on, on my uh, bulletin board. Isn't that right? Did you see it, Jeremiah? Uh, the picture of the stick figure? Yeah, what did you see on the stick figure? Uh, different parts, like stillness, uh, Thoughts and all that labeled. Yeah, I do a stick figure because I can't really grow. I mean, draw. I grew a big round head and a straight line and gave it some arms and some legs. And then I titled what it was because this woman is discovering this. She's watching herself and she's overcoming. She stopped trying to change herself. You cannot change yourself. You have to be still and allow the change to happen. And sometimes it's painful. For whatever reason, just go through it, all right? So don't forget to do the prayer. Stay with the prayer. Uh, watch yourself. This year is know thyself. It's not about knowing someone else. You got to go within and know yourself. And whatever take place on the inside, allow it to happen. Even if you can't get up in the morning. And, and the thought's going to tell you, oh, you might as well commit suicide. Because it's going to be so painful and Satan is talking to you. And it's just going to feel like it's over, but it's not. All right. And if you look at what's happening in the present while you're going through that, you're going to see that all is well. But he got you looking to the future or the past and all is not well. So be still, do the prayer and don't forget to donate to us. We need your support. All right. We absolutely need it. We provide counseling. 
anywhere in the world. We have the best counseling service on this side of heaven. Also, we got to find a new building. So if you I need all of you here and out there in the world, uh, keep your eyes open for a new location for us. If somebody want to buy a building and donate it to us as a write off, that's even better. We're looking for a building. Let us know. All right. We need your help. Uh, what else? I really, really appreciate you all and have a, a good football day for those who are going to watch that. And uh, thank you all for coming and thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it.